window. And today we're in such an awesome book, the little book of Jonah, who's right. one of the prophets. I love the book of Jonah. I think I've done two series on it in the last few years. Yes. Yeah. And uh, we can remind, I'll put a link down, but um, there was um, uh, the running series. Running series from, I think, 2008. Right. Yeah. And then the last one, was it called Jonah? I think it was, think called, it was called Jonah. Jonah. Yeah. It had the big aquarium that yeah. built up oh. on the stage. Amazing. It's amazing. Uh, so much in the book of Jonah, mm-hmm. really about living the Christian life, although yeah. in its context, he was a prophet in the Old Testament. And, you know, I think most everybody knows the story about John being swallowed by the fish. But And there's so many lessons you can extract here. But I really wanted to zero in in chapter 1 um, in verse 13. Because in verse 13, we have an interaction between Jonah and the other men on the ship who were all pagans. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting. It, it said, and, and I hope you'll grab your Bible and reread this book. I'm sure you've all read it, but it's worth re- rereading. But in uh, Jonah chapter 1, verse 13, it says, Instead, the sailors rowed even harder to get the ship to the land because they didn't want to throw them overboard. But the stormy sea was too violent for them, and they couldn't make it. So this is this is verse 14. Then they cried out to the Lord, Jonah's God. Oh, Lord, they pleaded. These are pagan people who are, who are crying out to the true God. Oh, Lord, they pleaded, don't make us die for this man's sin, and don't hold us responsible for his death. Oh, Lord, you have sent this storm upon him for your own good reasons. I'm just taken by the fact that earlier in the chapter, they they cried out to their gods, little G. But now when Jonah has introduced them to who he is and, and what God is doing, they're praying yeah. to Jonah's God. Well, it's a reminder that no matter whether we're close to God or away from God, if we're God's children, we're always a walking testimony. And in this case... Jonah is witnessing to these guys on the ship in a way that he never imagined. Right. It, just a little backstory. Uh, the reason why Mary Alice uh, mentioned that I preached a series on Jonah called Running is I had an outline for the book of Jonah in that series. Chapter one is running from God. Chapter two is running to God. Chapter three, running with God. Chapter four, running ahead of God. But we're in chapter one where Jonah is running from God. And God has called Jonah to go to the city of Nineveh, which is the largest city in the world at that time. It's the capital of Assyria. And these are brutal people. And they're known for their brutality, their ways of torturing and killing their enemies. So Jonah is in no hurry to go preach repentance, you know, all by himself to run into this town that's so known for their barbarism and then tell them about God. So he buys a ticket to go to Spain. And while he's on this trip to Spain, thinking it's going to be okay, a horrible storm comes up. And the Bible says in Jonah chapter one that it was threatening to break the ship apart. And so all these mariners, like you talked about, they were crying out to their gods, but of course nothing was happening. And so they did something, you know, it's one of those things that they did as part of their culture, but then God controlled the way the dice fell. They thought they could roll dice. You know, that's Mm -hmm. what we call it today. And they would come up with an answer. So they're trying to find out who the problem was on the ship. Who were the, quote, gods angry with? And the dice rolled up on Jonah. And so they go to Jonah, who's asleep. In the, in the, bottom, in the boat. The boat yeah. During the and, storm. And, you know, because they've been telling him, get up and cry out to your God. Um, and then when they ask Jonah what's going on, that's when Jonah tells them the truth. And like I said, he winds up witnessing. And you know, it's strange. He didn't witness to them when he got on the boat because mm-hmm. he was running away from God. But now in this storm, Jonah has to tell them the truth about who he is. And I find it interesting. 
they challenged Jonah to pray to his God, and he didn't because he was running from God. Right, right. So they were praying to their gods, but he wasn't praying to the true God because he was trying to hide from God. He was trying to run away from well, God. Well, well, when they rolled the dice and the dice fell on Jonah, they asked him, and this is in verse 8, they said, why is this awful storm come down on us? Mm. You know, who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you from? What's your nationality? Well, all those questions just back Jonah into the corner because who are you? My name is Jonah. What's your line of work? I'm a preacher. <laughs> you know, what country are you from? I'm from Israel. You know, what's your nationality? I'm a Jew. I'm in a covenant relationship with God. So their questions were just forcing Jonah to confess who he was. And in verse nine, he does. He said, I'm a Hebrew. I worship the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the land. They're like, uh-oh, no wonder we're in trouble. You have offended the God who made the sea and the land. And and I love verse 10 because every once in a while, a lost person will ask a Christian why they're running away from God. And look at this, uh, you know, because Jonah had told him he was running from the Lord. That's verse 10. Oh, why did you do it? They groaned. <laughs> You're a pagan mariner. So they want to know why this preacher is backslidden. And so, you know, of course they say, what should we do? And Jonah says, throw me into the sea. But your prayer, and that's the point that we're looking at today in verse 14, don't make us die for this man's sin mm-hmm. and don't hold us responsible. Uh, I think it's interesting that Jonah had the hand of God on him and he was effective in leading people to God even inadvertently. Even in this rebellion. He was so, <laughs> it, it's interesting that there's so many lessons to extract here, but you know, one of them I think is, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about yesterday about being afraid of people. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Jonah was, in a, well, in a way he was afraid of people because he, he didn't want the Ninevites to, to um, repent. They were, they, were a, they were brutal to everyone that they were against, but they were definitely Israel's enemy. And so God is sending him to the enemy. What, what I'm starting to think of is that the lost people around us are always watching us. You know, I, I'm thinking about that, too, because it is embarrassing when someone who doesn't have Christ has to rebuke a mm-hmm. Christian for not being everything they're supposed yeah. to be. We see that with Abimelech and Abraham back in the Old Testament when Abraham lied and said that Sarah was his sister. And Abimelech is having to confront him with that. And now we've got these pagan mariners who are having to confront Jonah with being less than they are. And this this goes to something that you and I talked about. I've shared this with you many times. I think a lot of times people who are without Christ want us to be. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. I get asked this question a lot because I, I have friends in communities that are part of another religion, have a lot of friends in, in the Jewish community, have a lot of friends and I have friends that don't even believe in God and not in this mm-hmm. community. And people are always asking me, well, you know, do they try to change your mind? And the odd thing is they, they never try to change my mind. And I think in many cases, people who have yet to accept Christ as Savior and Lord, they want me to believe, yeah. you know, in case I'm right, they want me to believe so that they'll have someone to come and talk to it. I, I, what, a, what a shame it is when Christians run away from God like Jonah, you know, because unfortunately for Jonah, uh, he had to witness to these mariners when they were about to throw him into the ocean. So a lot of times non-believers, people who don't truly know the Lord, know enough to know what a Christian's life should look like. And, um, you know, maybe at some point in our lives, someone has challenged like, aren't you a Christian? Aren't you a Christian? Don't you go to New Spring? (laughs) So uh, just re- remembering to re- that we represent the Lord, whatever our situation is. But I'm just 
really taking it in. And again, there's actually a, a victory here because these people came to believe. Yeah. <laughs> because they watched God do something uh, big and powerful in a storm that wouldn't stop. And as soon as Jonah was overboard, the storm stopped. Well, you know, I was talking about God using Jonah to be a prophet even to these men. But the truth be told, it was God who got the message right. into their right. hearts. And so wouldn't it be something if we meet these mariners in heaven, mm -hmm. you know, it'd be something to say, I was on the boat with Jonah. I was going to Spain. <laughs> Which also shows us that God can redeem even times when we were in rebellion and we will suffer consequences, but God can redeem even those times in our life. Well, let me ask you a Bible student question. Why? Because God never wastes anything. Because That's clearly right. God's teaching Jonah too. Mm -hmm. And for these men who were pagans to be open to God, was that way of God's telling Jonah, God, uh, Jonah, I'm going to use you in Nineveh. There are mm -hmm. people there mm -hmm. who will be receptive mm -hmm. and open to, which they ultimately were mm -hmm. because the entire city of Nineveh went through a revival, even the king himself. And so maybe God was teaching Jonah a new level of compassion mm -hmm. on others, which is part of what he wants us to do in our, in mm -hmm. living our life. So, oh, so much there. I hope you go get your Bible. Go read Jonah over again. I love this so story. So much. And I'll link the, at least the most recent series if I can find it. Uh, but both of those series were really, really good. And like Mark said, it's such a simple and, and uh, memorable outline. Yeah. Running we'll running from God, chapter one. Running to God, chapter two. Running with God. I think when I preached that back in running, I think a lot that was a lot mm -hmm. of people's oh, favorite sermon. Running with God. And then uh, running ahead of God in chapter four. So it's mm -hmm. great, great study. Great study on that. So um, as we're thinking about that today, Mark, would you lead us in a word? Father, it's a reminder today that we... We are most effective witnessing for you when we are in your will. And Lord, for any of us who are running from you today, help us to realize that it's such a foolish thing to do because uh, you're our hope, you're our help. We saw on Monday, you're our safety. And so God, we just ask you to uh, help us so that we'll stay in your will. And Lord, I pray that even today, you'll bring someone in our path that will have the opportunity of telling how wonderful Jesus is and what he can do in their lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Well, I hope you have a wonderful Thursday and we'll look forward to seeing you here again on Noah's Window tomorrow. That's right. And we just keep getting closer and closer to Christmas. Yes, it's coming and soon. Christmas Eve soon. services at New Spring are, are coming up. They're just a, well, a week or so away. That's right. And then we have a really, really special weekend at New Spring. Uh, I'm going to be bringing a talk, God willing, called The Villain. And I think you'll be interested. I think this is going to answer a lot of questions. And beyond that, I think it'll be a very exciting message. It may sound kind of dark mm -hmm. at first, but trust me, it's very bright. We'll see you soon. God bless. See you soon.